Hello, and welcome back to Safe Place. Um, so today I want to talk about anxiety. Now, funny story, this is how, um, on top of it I am. I recorded a anxiety episode last week, and I thought that it uploaded, and it did not. It just, like, uploaded everything else except the audio, which was kind of funny. And I'm like, oops. So, sorry about that. And today I want to talk about anxiety. Now, like, like I said before in my last, my depression episode, depression episode, yeah. I'm still feeling a little depressed, but, um... In the last episode, I talked about, you know, like, how I give facts first, and then I talk about a little bit of my own story. I don't know why I sound out of breath. Like, I don't do cardio. I try not to exercise, <laughs> which is probably why I have some of these mental disorders, because apparently anxi- um, anxiety, apparently exercise is really good for anxiety and depression. But you know what? It also takes a lot of effort. And as we discussed, depression means low energy. So I don't know how people figured that one out. But anyway, like I said before, I am not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a person that has gone to the doctor appointments and seen the therapist and has a lot of friends with um mental illness and and you know I think when we say mental illness I think we think of like the creepy people from criminal minds like I know like that sounds horrible but let's be honest like when we think of like pedophiles we think of the creepy guys from criminal minds with the mustache and they have like a basement full of like children so you know I think we need to start getting rid of that stigma like it's mental illness like Yeah, I have a mental illness. It's depression. It doesn't mean I'm psychotic. It doesn't mean I'm going to go and, like, steal all the puppies in the town or, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what murderers would do, but I promise I wouldn't murder. (laughs) And I know, like, I think it's kind of funny we have to say that now. I promise I won't. Yeah. But anyway, game back on topic. Um, let's just get into it. Let's just dive in and talk about anxiety. Now, I'm feeling a little emotional, and if there are any girl listeners out there, it's okay to talk about it, you know? My period's about to start, so of course I'm going to feel emotional, and that just means my anxiety and depression are going to go like a roller coaster. Usually my anxiety goes up, and it's really hard to, like, breathe and calm it down, So, you know, for all my girl listeners out there, I'm sorry if you're, like, having the same problem, too, because it is no fun. And also, like I talked about self-care last time, you know, especially around your period, for all my female listeners, I don't know if there are any male listeners, but for my female listeners out there, you know, especially, you know, when we have PMS, it's really important to take care of ourselves, and that means, you know, like... Just doing something like maybe taking a bath and calming or going for a walk or whatever makes you happy in reason, you know. Do not go like, oh, she said to do whatever makes me happy, so I'm going to go like bust the window out of my ex's car. Please don't do that. Like one, you know, glass gets everywhere and I don't want you to hurt yourself. 
And two, I'm pretty sure that's against the law. So I don't want anybody to get arrested. But, you know, go for a walk or cuddle a dog. You know, and it's okay to, like, you know, have one of those days where you just get into your, like, Disney pajamas or Harry Potter fluffy pants and, like, watch Disney all day and, you know, cuddle with a stuffed animal or a dog and eat ice cream and cry. Like, that's okay. You know, we, crying is actually very good and very therapeutic. I don't know if anybody's ever cried when they're stressed, but have you ever noticed after you do, you you feel tired, but you also, like, you feel relieved, you know, like, everything just kind of floods out and it just feels good. Okay, I'm done going on a rant now. Let's talk about anxiety. So, anxiety disorder It's a mental health disorder characterized by feelings of worry, anxiety, which why are they putting the term in the definition, or fear that are strong enough to interfere with one's daily activities. Okay, so that's, it's kind of weird how they put it, but basically it's just excessively worrying. And a lot of people like my mom, I love her, she's sweet, you know, she really tries But when I have anxiety and I tell her, you know, Mom, I'm feeling really anxious, she just looks at me and she's like, well, stop it. Stop worrying. And I'm like, is there a light switch on my arm or something? Like, I just push a button and, like, I just stop. Like, because that would be nice. Like, I'd be pushing that button all the time. But you can't stop the worrying. It's, It's anxiety. It's like this giant dark cloud over you and it, like, keeps feeding you, like, you know, these things that, you know, are, you know, it's not going to happen, but it just feeds you these, you know, weird thoughts. Like, I'll give you an example, and some of y'all are going to start thinking I'm crazy, but when I was in high school, I want to say junior, senior year, and I just had this crazy anxiety attack. I had this somehow the wonderful grim reaper of anxiety like put the idea in my head that my mom had a car accident my mom did not have a car accident she was just going about her day going to work doing work you know eating breakfast and for some reason my anxiety was like oh no some it could happen and sometimes it's just ir- illogical and crazy But that's what anxiety does. It kind (laughs) of brings in the crazy thoughts and the weird notions. But also, um, example of anxiety disorders, it can include panic attacks, which I think we'll talk about that a little bit um, after we go through this. Obsessive compulsive disorder, so OCD. Now, I don't have like OCD, like severe OCD. I'm not, like, diagnosed with it, but there are some things, like, sometimes your anxiety gets in your mind, and you're like, no, I have to keep doing this over and over, like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Oh, like, for example, I like to draw. Now, I'm not very good at drawing, not very good at all, but sometimes I get a thought in my head, I'm like, no, I have to make this perfect, and you're like, what? Like, and it's just, you know your logical side is like, no, you're fine, you're you're good. But it's like your hands can't help but like twitch and you're like, I gotta do it, I gotta do it. So I'm sorry if people are listening to this and you're like, oh, she's crazy. I mean, yeah, like you're not wrong. 
Okay, and then and PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay, now I've, I'm going to talk about this in another episode. But um, PTSD, I, I just want to put it out there because I don't think people realize. You can get PTSD from about anything. I said about anything. So, you know, please, like, no one be a five-year-old and go, even dirty socks? Like, stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> don't tease me, but, um, so, like, PTSD, like, I've heard a lot, like, you know, when children are little, like, you know, say a little eight-year-old girl, like, is so attached to this dog, and, like, they play everywhere, and they go for walks, and, you know, she dresses the dog up like a fairy princess and has tea, and then the dog, <laughs> this is so sad, passes away, that child, that little girl can get PTSD from that. You can get PTSD from, I think, like, scary movies and, you know, just just about anything. Because it's post-traumatic stress. And I think a lot of people think, well, it's only for people in the military. But, no, it doesn't say post-traumatic stress military disorder. That That's not what it is. And... A lot of people from the military do get it. I'm not trying to knock them down because it is a very serious and scary thing if you ever have PTSD and it comes with all these night terrors and all those wonderful things. But anyway, you know, post-traumatic, so post means after and then traumatic, you know, like something big happens for you. It might not be serious to other people or like super traumatic for others, but it's it's about you, not others. This isn't about, you know, other people. It's about you. And so, you know, and then stress, you know, we all know what stress is, right? It's like a giant rock weighing down on us. So, you know, disorder. So it's like after something scary or stressful happens and it's just kind of your way it's kind of like your body's way of dealing with it when your brain... Because your brain is like, okay, we have to move on. we we got to move on, you know, because you can't just stop life, which I sometimes I wish I had a pause button, you know? Like, just give me a second. Just everybody calm. All right, symptoms include stress that's out of proportion to the impact of the event, inability to set aside a worry and restlessness and then treatments include counseling or medications including antidepressants okay so we talked about that um i think i think that's very self-explanatory now i want to talk a little bit about yeah i was going to talk about panic attacks and then versus anxiety attacks yeah let's talk about that real quick because i think that's interesting all right um, let's see if I can find it. Sorry, I'm on my computer, you know, like, I like to research facts right when I get them because, you know, I just, I don't want to give anyone the wrong facts. Okay, so here we go. Panic attacks. Uh, panic attacks come on suddenly. Oh, by the way, oh, I should probably cite my sources. I know, I'm like, sorry, I'm part college student, so I'm like, oh no, cite the sources. This is from, like, Healthline. And it says panic attacks come on suddenly and involve intense and often overwhelming fear. They're accompanied by frightening physical symptoms such as racing heartbeat, shortness of breath, or nausea. Okay, so I 
So I don't have panic attacks a lot. I think I have more anxiety attacks a lot. But I do get a few panic attacks. And I had one where, I know, story time. So I had one where I was at school and I'm a goody two-shoes, you know. Like I try to get good grades, you know, do my homework, do what I need to do. And part of that, like before everyone's like, oh, she's one of those. Like gotta get A's and B's. I mean, part of that's just from, I'm I'm pretty sure everyone can relate to that because when you're like scarred as a child, you know, and made to feel inferior growing up, you're like, okay, I got to do good. I got to do good. You know, like I was adopted. So I'm always thinking, you know, if I don't do something right, then I'm just going to be like tossed aside again, which in reality, we know that's not going to happen. Like my mom loves me. Right. And she does. But, you know, again, that's the anxiety. But, so I was at school, and all the kids, like, we didn't have a teacher in one of our, like, mini sessions. Like, so we have what's TCB, it's called Taking Care of Business. And so sometimes we get into these, like, own groups. So it can be mixed with, like, different seniors or freshmen. It just really depends. And you have this teacher right, that kind of guides you through whatever we're doing, so, like, we were talking about, I don't know, responsibility or whatever, well, we didn't have a teacher, and I knew, like, if we got caught, you know, and they saw that we didn't have a teacher, we'd be even in more trouble, and we'd be yelled at, and I'm a person that I don't like to be yelled at, like, it scares me, I get scared very easily, which I don't know if I should be telling people that, but, I get scared very easily, so, like, yelling or, like, really loud noises, it bothers me, so I, I try to avoid that at all costs, so I had to stand up to my peers, and I had to, like, I left the room, and I went and told the teacher, and then I came back, and they said, all right, yeah, you know, let's just move to the media center, because, or the computer center, library, I don't know, But anyway, this larger room with this other group and everyone like got like really upset at me. And I was like, well, you know, I was told like, you know, I got to be honest and I didn't want to get in trouble with the teachers because that was like, you know, authority. I have I have a fear of of failing authority. So, you know, I did what any traumatized child would do. So, anyway, we're all, like, you know, we do it, and everyone is, like, griping, and then the teacher ended up yelling at the kids who were complaining, which made me even worse, and everyone was staring at me, and I'm trying to walk to my next class after this is over, and I hear kids literally whispering behind my back, like, right behind my back, and I've never felt so unliked before. Like, I know I'm not everyone's favorite, you know? Like, everyone has their different cup of tea. But that, like, really striked a lot of anxiety in me. And so, I was trying to walk to my class. And I'm like, you know, maybe I should, like, talk to the counselor or something. Because I did not feel good. I felt, you know, like, my heart was beating really fast. I felt nauseous. Like, I just couldn't do this. And... I went in front of the office and I almost passed out. Like, no one noticed, which was kind of good. But, like, I just started seeing black. 
like my eyes started to like glaze over and I my vision was narrowing and I almost like I went blind for a brief second and I felt like someone just knocked the air out of my lungs and panic attacks you feel like you're dying you feel like okay this is the end like I'm just gonna die in front of the office (laughs) but nope like it went away like like as as fast as it came so that was pretty good but it scared me because it was the first time I had an actual panic attack like I could really tell what it was and it it is terrifying because you do feel like you're about to die so yeah I know oh great you know wherever you are and you're listening to like I felt like I was death Sorry about that. I'm trying to keep things light, but, you know, we are talking about serious situations, so that is a little difficult. Okay, um, unexpected panic attacks occur without an obvious cause, but mine obviously did, but it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I knew what I was feeling, but I was just, like, hoping to go to the office and, like, talk to someone, not, like, almost pass out. (laughs) Okay, Anxiety attacks are recognized at in the DSM-5. Wait, what? However, define anxiety as a feature. Okay. Symptoms of anxiety include worry, distress, and fear. Anxiety is usually related to the anticipation of a stressful situation. And I don't see where they say what an anxiety attack is. Okay. Nope, just says that right now. Okay, and we'll go into the symptoms. But anyway, so let's see. All right, let's go into the symptoms. You know, let's just do this thing, right? Okay, so anxiety attack. The emotional symptoms are apprehension and worry, right? Distress, restlessness, fear, and that's all for that. But then panic attack is also fear. Fear of dying or losing control. Uh, a sense of detachment from the world or oneself. So I definitely experienced a uh, panic attack because I literally felt like it's like when you're driving a car. Like, have you ever had dreams where you're driving a car or trying to do something? All of a sudden, you are trying to grab the steering wheel, but you can't grab it. It's like a ghost steering wheel and you just like you can't control the car. Like, that's what it kind of feels like. And then... um a sense of detachment, like, you just, you feel like, it's like an out-of-body experience, like, you just fall away from it. Now, I don't know if any parents are listening to this. I don't, honestly, I don't know if anybody's listening to this, but I will say, like, I want to help people, and if this helps people, that's fantastic, but I'm also doing this for me, too, so it, you know, it's kind of like mutualism. Is that what it's called? You know, it's just mutual. Like, I feel better talking about it, and I hope this can help people. But I for, I don't know if parents are listening to this, but I'm going to try to, like, explain it more. Like, what it's like having anxiety. Because people have never had anxiety, which I don't understand that. Because, like, anxiety just becomes a normal part of my day. So I'm going to try to explain it as best as I can. But first, let's go into the physical, like, you know, what happens actually in your body. And all of the symptoms are are the same. 
for anxiety and panic attacks, but anxiety is just like the emotional worry and distress and restlessness and fear. Okay, so uh, both physical is the heart palpitations or accelerated heart rate. So you really do feel like like you're running a race and you kind of do the and, you know, shortness of breath. Uh, chest pain. Sometimes it does feel like a heart attack because you're like trying to breathe and calm down, but it just it tightens your heart. It hurts. Uh, shortness of breath, like I said tightness or in throat or the feeling like you're choking like a lot of people you know when people are afraid of public speaking and I've heard a lot of times where they're like my mouth goes dry and I feel like my throat is closing up uh dry mouth (laughs) just like I said uh sweating oh my gosh yes I for people who have anxiety yes like sweating is you you're not even like realizing it until all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh like I'm perspiring like what is this oh and then my personal favorite chills or hot flashes now this is very interesting and I want to you know for people who have anxiety I see you and for people who don't have anxiety this is an actual real thing because I mean my mom and actually a lot of my family they're like what do you mean you're having hot flashes like they think it's only related to menopause and they're like you're way too young to be going through menopause and people are like you're not having hot flashes you know maybe you're growing no um actually chills or hot flashes are actually related to anxiety and the other day like yesterday I was at my friend's house and we were spending the night and I just had like this random hot flash like it came out of nowhere like I, I, all I packed was like long pajama pants and I was ready to just like take a cold shower because it just like came on and you just feel like you're burning. Like it's just someone turned the heat way up and like you can't get, you know, warm. I mean cold, but then like afterwards, then you get really cold because your body is kind of like a roller coaster. So, you know, like it's kind of like a sugar rush, like when a child eats, like, so much candy and gumdrops and all that stuff, and they're, like, bouncing off the walls, and they're going crazy, and they're, like, woo And then, all of a sudden, it's, like, boom! Like, your body's, like, oh, I can't move, and you're just, like, a sloth. But, yes, this is a very real thing, and if someone is, like, having chills or hot flashes that are obviously not going through menopause, just you know, just be nice about it because it's scary for us too. Because it's scary to be like, um, I know I'm not supposed to be having these hot flashes and I can't tell anyone because, you know, a lot of people, and I don't know why, a lot of people think I make it up when I say I'm having hot flashes. But no, it's a real thing that goes with anxiety. And so, you know, just, and panic attacks, sorry, panic attacks too. I forgot, you know, both symptoms. But you know, just, just be nice and, like, caring and, you know, just, like, do it like you would with a normal person who, like, would have menopause, you know, be like, you want me to fan you, do you want to take your jacket off, so, you know, just, just be aware of that, okay, um, trembling or shaking, uh, numbness or tingling for anxiety and panic, uh, nausea, oh, yes, I have actually, like, have worried myself so much to the point 
where I will physically get sick. Like, I will come down with a cold or I will just be nauseous all the time. Like, I just, anxiety can make you just become physically ill. And then, of course, headaches or, you know, migraines, feeling faint or dizzy. And so those are all going with anxiety and panic attacks. So that's what, you know, those are. So now I want to talk about what it's actually like to have anxiety. And for people, you know, who have anxiety, it's really hard. Because I'm sorry, I'm being emotional now. Whew, I don't know why. Um, but it's weird because when you're trying to explain anxiety to someone who doesn't have it, it's really odd because they just they don't understand what it's like to be in a constant state of worry. You know, like they're like, you have a good job, you have a roof over your head, you have food on your table. You know, like what what's going on? Like why what why would you have something to be worried about? And it's not really you have something to worry about. It's just it's just there. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like getting the flu right? You don't expect the flu, you know, and like, you you kind of don't understand the flu. Like, let's be honest, who really understands the flu? Like, you're all fine and, you know, like, you're just going about your day and all of a sudden you, like, have a fever and you're, like, throwing up and you are, like, coughing all the time and you're, like, what is this? Like, I was fine just a second ago and now I'm sick. And with anxiety, it's like that. It's like, I was just fine, and now all of a sudden, you know, shortness of breath, can't breathe, tired. Speaking of tired, I'm sorry, I'm yawning. Oh, did you know, fun fact though, my therapist told me this. When you yawn, it means that your body needs more oxygen. So that's why you yawn. So let's just all stop since we're talking about anxiety. Deep breath, and let it out. Okay. I also need that too. So if you needed that while I was talking about anxiety, there you go. And let's just do another one just for good measure, right? In, went out. And we'll just all calm. All right. Now that we're all calm, let's talk about anxiety again. But, um, I mean, I can't really remember how I explained it to my mom. But I will explain to anyone who doesn't have anxiety, and if you're listening to this, it can't be controlled. Like, you you can't control it. It's not like a thermostat, you know, turn it up a little, turn it down a little. You, you can't do that. And also, you know, I mean, parenting is hard. Like, don't get me wrong. I do not have kids, and I could not imagine. Like, I have babysat a lot. And I mean a lot, a lot. And I have nieces and nephews and I'm around kids a lot. But I could not imagine being a parent 24-7 and you have no idea what you're doing, you know. It's really hard to make sure, you know, everything's okay and you stay on top of things. But also, like, you know, when a child says, not when a child, okay, because... It's not just for little kids, you know. I mean, I'm not a little kid. But when someone has anxiety and they are telling you about it, 
One thing that anxiety does, it makes you worried about talking to people. I mean, everyone's heard of social anxiety, right? You know, oh, sorry, my unsocial, my and social, my social anxiety is kicking in. And, you know, that's one of the things of, one of the branches of anxiety. It's hard to talk to people. It's hard to communicate because you're scared of their reaction. You're scared of how they might treat you. So you tend to stay quiet. So when someone does open up about anxiety, and I will admit, I have also been like, yeah, right. You know, because sometimes, yes, there are people out there that like to play you and, you know, pretend they have depression or anxiety and then you find out like you're just fine you just wanted whatever but you know if your child says they have anxiety it's your kid you know your kid and well you should know your kid so like take them seriously now I don't expect you to be like to a stranger oh no this person that I'd never met before just came out and said they have anxiety. You know, of course, be respectful and be nice. But when it's a family member or a loved one, I've I've heard people that when, like, a teenager came out to their parents, not, like, came out. I'm sure they did that, too. But, like, talked to them about anxiety. And the dad just started yelling at the teenager the dad was just full on like screaming and saying, ah, you're just being dramatic. This is nothing. I get it that it's scary when your child says that I can't sleep at night because the nightmares keep me awake. You know, I can't do schoolwork because I'm worried of failing all the time. You know, I can't go outside because I, I'm scared that I'll get axe murdered or you know, too many people are out. I get it. It's terrifying. But you know what? You only have to listen. I'm sorry. I'm getting kind of like cranky, but I'm serious. You only have to listen to it for an hour. That kid has to be with anxiety for 24-7, 365 days a year. They have to deal with it with day and night. You know, it's not something you just turn off when you go to sleep, okay? What do you think nightmares are? I mean, how many people have had stress dreams, like with school or with work, and you wake up in a cold sweat because you're so afraid of whatever, okay? Do not get upset, Because you don't understand it. And I think that's the biggest thing I can stress is don't get upset because you don't understand. I get it. It's no fun not knowing things. But that's when you need to have an open mind. Okay? You need to have an open mind and research it or ask questions. You know, but don't shut them out. Do not make them feel like what they're feeling and what they're dealing with is dumb. Because that... That right there can be a major make it or break it point. Not just with your relationship, but also for that person. Like that is, that is the key thing of if, for example, like my dad, like he never understood. I know that sounds like he never understood. No, he's an alcoholic and he just, he, you know, likes to talk about himself and, be self-absorbed and so I don't talk to him anymore but he 
he wouldn't understand this stuff. He would just go, Psh, you're just being dramatic. You're being silly. It's nothing serious, okay? My dad and I don't talk anymore. Because he was never taking what I felt into consideration. He was never taking what I felt and my feelings and my emotions seriously. Because it was all about him. And we don't have a relationship anymore. So remember the next time, you know, like for the parents out there, I get it. It's scary. It is scary. Okay? But we're terrified too. I just talked about how anxiety is fear, okay? We get fear, like, imagine, like, a level 100, okay? That's our anxiety every day. I get it. It's tough. But your child has, imagine if your child didn't tell you, okay? You think it's tough on you? That child is a warrior because they are coming, they are conquering their fear, of anxiety, they're conquering their fear of talking about their feelings and talking about what's going on to you. And my therapist even said, you know, parents are the hardest to stand up to because you don't want to disappoint them. You don't want to make them feel bad. But also you can't go living your life pretending everything's sunshine and rainbows when every night you cry yourself to sleep because you're afraid the nightmares are going to get you. You know, when you, if someone comes up to you and says, I have severe anxiety, don't look at that person like they're crazy or like you should feel sorry for them. Look at them like they are a warrior. They are conquering what they fear most and they're talking to you and they're trying to beat these demons. And for the people who have anxiety and they're doing this, like you are a badass. Like, you are awesome. You are a warrior. You are a fighter. You are going, and I am going to build you up. Like, clap. I don't really want to clap because I don't want the audio to mess up. But, you know, like, good for you. Like, you are doing fantastic because you are conquering your fears. You are a warrior. You are a fighter. You are getting up and saying, I am not going to be defeated by the darkness anymore. Okay? And it's hard. It is hard, believe me. Like It's like going up a never-ending uphill mountain. But you know what? In every mountain, there are little hills. And eventually, you know, you're going to be on top. Okay? So, you know, those little hills, those are your victories. And celebrate them. Okay? Just keep going. Just keep trekking on. And trust me, there are going to be people that are going to try to fight your buzz. There are going to be people that are going to be narcissistic and rude and closed-minded and not understand what you're going through. But you know what? I do. And I'm telling you, even if someone, even when everyone's trying to tell you no, that, you know, you're fine the way you are, that you don't need whatever, that you don't have anxiety, I'm here to say You are doing your best. You are being you. And that's the best thing ever. Because you know what? So what if people don't like the fact that you have anxiety? That's their problem. Not your problem. You don't have to make sure everyone's happy. Because you know what? You're living with this giant fear. This giant black cloud on top of you. It's like this giant Dementor from Harry Potter that's just following you around all the time. You're living with this. You're fighting against it every single day. 
So excuse me if one person has to deal with it for a little hour and they don't like it. But you know what? That's their problem. Because you are awesome and you are smart and you are good and you are a fighter. Because you can do this. Take it from me. I've had to go through lots of extensive therapy and I've had to have many conversations with my family and they still don't get it. But you know what? I'm fighting because I'm not going to let it beat me. I'm not going to let it tear me down. I'm not going to let anxiety win. Okay? So, you know, keep keep loving yourself. Keep being you. You're the best you that you can be. And I will talk to y'all next time. And remember why I said love yourself. You know, take a bath or, you know, eat some chocolate. Whatever you need, you know, just love and take care of yourself. All right? Hope everyone has a wonderful day. And remember, you are a fighter. Hello and welcome back to, I think, episode three. Um... Thank you so much for the few people who've been, like, listening to this. I hope this has helped you all. Like, it certainly has helped me, you know, talking about it and being able to share my story. And, yeah, and I hope, you know, let me know. I think there's a thing you can do, like, voice comments or something. You know, so if you want to do that, like, go ahead. That would be cool. And, you know, just remember, you know, be nice and respectful. Um, you know, treat how, treat me how you want to be treated, you know, and, which is hopefully nice, you know, (laughs) we all got to love ourselves, and today I want to talk about PTSD, I know I have posted, like, I'm going to be posting twice this week, but that's because, uh, I had a blonde moment, not to knock off blondes, but I had a moment where I thought it updated and recorded, and it did not. So that's why uh, my first anxiety episode, and it didn't. So then this week, I create another anxiety episode, and then I'm going to do a PTSD episode. Now, uh, disclaimer, I am not a psychologist, a therapist, I'm not any iologist. I am just a girl that, you know, goes on the internet, you know, gets some facts, but also I have a lot of stories, and because, you know, I am diagnosed with severe depression and anxiety, and I've been to the doctor's appointments and the therapy's appointments and have had all these conversations with people, so that gives me a little bit of knowledge, but also, you know, I also look up facts, too, because I don't want to, you know, be like oh well she said it was this and like no I was wrong so right now I have we're going to talk about PTSD and uh it's pulled up here on the internet I think it's WebMD uh yeah oh Mayo Clinic Mayo Mayo Cinco de Mayo Mayo I don't know I'm sorry okay um I just hope I said right (laughs) my bad Okay, but post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, it's a disorder in which a person has difficulty recovering after experiencing or witnessing a terrifying event. So, you know, when it says person, so each person's different. You know, some people, 
it's kind of like, you know, how some people can hand, like, have a better pain tolerance. Like, my brother can get, like, all these tattoos, and I'm over here, like, I can't even get a flu shot, because I'm like, ow, it hurts so much. You know, so some people, like, have a better, you know, like, some people can deal with more. We each have our own breaking point or, you know, push point. So, you know, what might be traumatizing to one person might not be traumatizing to another. So, you know, just kind of keeping that in mind, you know, each person is different. Okay, next. The condition may last months or years with triggers that can bring back memories of the trauma accompanied by intense emotional and physical reactions. And this is very true. I mean, like, so I have PTSD, okay, and... So I get nightmares sometimes and I like wake up in like an anxiety attack and sometimes I wake up like sweating and and just craziness. And there's other things too like certain um words I know can trigger stuff like that, certain smells, like certain anything. Like I mean, you've heard like fireworks, you know, can affect veterans because of the sound you know like certain sounds and smells and places can trigger things like that so just being aware of that you know and being aware of your triggers too like if you are diagnosed with PTSD you know it it can be a little difficult at first finding those triggers but also recognizing them you know and sometimes you know you you have to avoid the triggers like you know, I know, like, I can't, I can't be around a lot of men. I know that sounds bad. Unless, like, like, I can't be in a room, like, full of, like, a bunch of random people and the majority being men. Like, I just, I can't do that. Like, I, I get very nervous and, like, I, like, I hyperventilate. Unless, like, I really am attached to, like, a certain person and I just stay with them. But, so that's, like, if that makes sense. And anyway, um, so, you know, each person's different. Uh, symptoms may include, huh, nightmares, just like what I said, huh? Uh, nightmares and unwanted memories of trauma, avoidance of situations, just like I said, that bring back memories of trauma, heightened reactions, anxiety, or depressed mood. Treatments can include different types of trauma enforce psychotherapy as well as medications to manage the symptoms and I think that's one thing like because I've talked about medication before but I think that's one stigma that people are like oh medication is just gonna get rid of it or change you into this new person no it doesn't it it just helps the symptoms you know like depression like I'm always gonna have that depression but when I take my medicine I am less anxious, I am, you know, not as moody, and stuff like that. So, I was going to say, oh yeah, so another thing that, about PTSD, is I think people, you know, associate with only, associate it with only certain traumatic events, like, for example, people who are in the military, and I'm not knocking that, like, I could never do that. One, I, like, I can't even, like, get off the couch between commercials, let alone, like, run a mile. And, two, like, you know, that's just, I don't, I don't care if you agree or disagree with what we're going to war for or whatever. But, you, 
I think we can all say that it takes a lot of courage to be in the military and do what you do. And so, you know, good for you. If there are any people in the military listening to this, like, thank you. And um, also, like, you know, car accidents. And it can be anywhere from a dog dying to when you were little or, you know, a pet to being in a car accident to going in the middle of war and just all kinds of different stuff. It could be, you know, anything that is just traumatic for you. And I think that's all of the things from the website. Okay, now I'm going to talk a little bit about my PTSD. So mine's a little complicated, especially, well, it's not complicated to me because I've just always dealt with it, but it's complicated for other people to understand. And so I'm I'm going to try to explain it, but first I have to explain a little bit about my family background. So yes, I am adopted, but it's not like... You know, I was born in another country and then I was taken over here. No, um, I was actually adopted by my grandma. And so I do know my biological mother, but I know of my biological father, but I've never met him. I don't want to meet him. Uh, it's just I've heard a lot of bad things and that's just not something I want to go into. And then... So, you know, I was adopted by my grandma, so if I ever say mom, that's the person I'm referring to. Now, if I'm ever talking about my biological mom, I will say bio mom. So, I hope that, so just in case people get confused, and, you know, I'll be like bio dad or adopted father. Um, But anyway, so I was adopted by my grandma, or mom, and my mom... I think a year after she adopted me, or, you know, my adopted parents adopted me. Who I know, I'm messing this up. But um, she divorced my dad, my adoptive father. And, you know, he's an alcoholic. And um, I would say sex addict. Like, he doesn't see it, but he very, he doesn't have very good boundaries. And so that's that. And I have a half-brother from my bio mom. And he he was all of a mess too. But I have to tell you who these characters are because it's going to make a lot of sense of um, why I have PTSD. So one second, I need to take a drink. Okay, so when I was a baby, I was told that... Um, I was put in a room full of men, and my mom came to pick me up while my bio mom, like, she kind of just ran away with me, and she was letting whoever, like, watch me, and I was in, like, this room full of men, and she, like, left to do laundry, so my mom came and picked me up, and there wasn't any, she said there wasn't any, like, physical signs that I was abused, but there were, like, some things that were questionable but so the reason why I'm bringing that up is because even though like my brain like I don't have memories of that your body can sometimes remember things like that you know what I'm I hope that makes sense if not I encourage you to research about that and 
look it up and see, like, is this a real thing? Because it is a real thing. And my therapist had... Um, has told me like you know you might not remember these men touching you but your body does and then um after that my um I don't really talk to my bio mom anymore but my adoptive father uh he he never he's kind of interesting he's very manipulative so he would never do anything that could get him caught or arrested he's like this he prides himself on being a very good liar which I don't know if like I don't think they give badges out at like Girl Scouts like hey congratulations you're very good at telling lies I don't know why you'd be proud of that but you know to each his own but anyway so you know he's an alcoholic so alcohol comes first you know I remember uh, when we were, like, driving, and he would always be brown bagging it, or, like, um, drinking, like, wherever we were, he always had to have a beer, and, um, he also, he wouldn't get handsy, but he would, um, he did have wandering eyes, especially on me, like, I remember when I started, and I know this is really hard, for me to talk about so please be kind and also if this must be hard to hear too for some people so you know like just take a deep breath feel free to like exit out if this is like bringing back some trauma too but also for the people who don't have PTSD or like don't really understand like you know it is very traumatizing to have someone that you're supposed to trust a dad you know, a father figure, you know, someone that you're supposed to put your faith into who just is, like, looking at you like a piece of meat. Like, that's very difficult. But I remember when I started developing breasts that he would look at me and he would tilt his head and he'd get really, like, quiet. Like, he'd whisper and he'd be like, wow, you're becoming such a young woman. Yeah, and so remember how earlier I talked about certain words that can trigger things? Woman, the word woman, when people call me that, it triggers, like, some major, like, PTSD. And so I always, like, you know, like, my family, they'll always say, like, young lady if, you know, if I don't like the word woman. But, yeah, it makes me very uncomfortable because it just... I associate that word with people are trying to like look at my body and it makes me very uncomfortable and um as a child like I was a lot more developed than other girls and um I guess I'm a lot more endowed so it also even makes it even more uncomfortable because you know it's like they're right there And I can't control that. And, you know, you shouldn't have to feel like you have to control it, that you have to, you know, like I, for a while, I would put on a sports bra and a regular bra and like baggy shirts and everything I could do just to hide them. And you know what, for any girl out there that's doing that, I am so sorry because you shouldn't have to feel like you have to hide them because men are going to like pounce on them or something like that's just gross and I'm so sorry if anyone's dealing with that but anyway back to my story but yeah I am really sorry um 
and one thing too, like if you have PTSD, please be compassionate to yourself. You know, I know under other people don't understand it and they're always like, get over it, you know, but you gotta, you gotta emphasize, empathize, sympathize. There we go for yourself, you know, be like, it's okay to say, yeah, I did have a traumatizing childhood and yeah, that was rough and I'm sorry. And it's okay to say you're sorry to yourself, you know, that's showing love and taking care of yourself. So anyway, my dad would always, you know, like have these wandering eyes and also he would um like talk a lot about sex. I mean, he would like um I would come home for the weekends or like during the week like in the evenings. It de- it depended, but anyway, he he'd see me and he'd be like, "Oh, hey." So I would I was 6 and he's like, "Hey, I was at a strip club." And, you know, and funny story. And I laughed because I was a child. I didn't know what a strip club was. I didn't, like, know anything like that. And, but dad laughed, so I laughed, right? But, and I don't know if there are any men listening to this. But please never, if you think it's funny, okay, keep it to yourself. Like, those, there are certain things that you should just talk around with your buddies, Nah, unless you have a good, you know, relationship with someone. But, like, your six-year-old daughter, please don't do that. That's that's boundary crossing. Like, if you don't know that's crossing boundaries, I'm here to tell you it is. So, please don't do that. I'm not trying to yell at you, but seriously, that's gross. Don't do that. But anyway, so, like, he would talk about random stuff like that. And I remembered it wasn't until I was around 13 um, that he started, like, dating, like, openly, like, dating, and there were, there, I actually walked in on him and his girlfriend, they just got out of the hot tub, and they were both, like, in their underwear, which I was thankful for, and my dad, like, I walked in, because, and I knocked, and I, and I tried to be, like, hello, hello, you know, making my presence known, and (laughs) he literally comes out of the bathroom, and his his underwear I'm sorry it's just so gross but in his underwear and he never taught he just shushed me and I left and he never talked about it since like I don't know what would be worse because I can imagine my dad trying to talk about it and it would just come out all perverty and just bad and also um I remember a time where um oh I distinctly remember this um my dad likes to go to auctions, right? So he came home with all these, like, new movies, right? Well, there was a very, um, I don't, it wasn't, like, R-rated. It was, but it was, like, it was pretty steamy. Like, it was very close to being R-rated. And it was, like, all about sex. And my dad just let me watch it. And that that made me really uncomfortable because I was sexualized at such a young age and no no girl should have to go through that and I'm sorry for anyone who does that but that also like like that's PTSD for me because I was made to feel I was it felt like grooming you know like I was just made to feel like I'm nothing but a piece of meat. Like, all men just want sex. And 
So, like, that's my PTSD, and there's a lot more to it than that, but I don't want to, like, tra- I don't want to traumatize too many people with my PTSD. <laughs> that would be, I would feel really bad. But, you know, that's that's what it does, and now, like, for the people who don't have PTSD or don't understand it, I'm going to try to explain it, because I like to explain it to people. I like to explain things to people who never, you know, don't have this stuff, but also like to help people relate who do have it. So for people who don't have PTSD, it it kind of comes out of nowhere. So like I talked about, you know, how sometimes you know what your triggers are and sometimes you don't and you just find them out. And it's kind of like, you know, like you're walking and you're having a good day and you're like, oh, look at the sun, it's shining. And then boom, someone like pulls the rug right out under your feet. Like that is, that's really like scary, you know, and you're just like, what? And you're like swallowed by this big like giant black hole and you're just and it's like all these like demons swoop in and they start you know just reliving all those memories and all that traumatizing childhood and all the bad all the bad things just start swarming in now I hope that made sense if it doesn't make sense please tell me in a nice respectful way but please tell me because I want to try to make it make sense because I know like my mom she doesn't understand she's a great mom I love her she's super sweet and caring but she's never had this she doesn't well not not that she'd admit but like she she doesn't have this so she doesn't know what I'm going through she doesn't know how I'm feeling she doesn't know how to talk about because she just doesn't know she's never had to deal with the nightmares like that and stuff. So to parents or friends or to whoever that knows someone that has PTSD, I'm not saying don't walk around eggshells, okay? Because people with mental illness, we hate that, okay? Because it makes us feel even worse about ourselves. It makes us feel like then we have to tiptoe around you guys and hide our true feelings. And then, like, my mom will be like, and I have to tiptoe around you because you're like a ticking time bomb. And I'm like, just stop. Like, it's so easy to just communicate, you know? Like, and I think that's one thing. I don't think people know how to communicate in a respectful manner. Like, I don't, I don't think people know how to do that. And so, you know, it's like if you see someone who, like, you know, if you have PTSD and you're, like, having a trigger, you know, just tell someone, like, I'm having, like, a PTSD, you know, trigger. And, and to the person, like, if someone's saying that to you, okay, first of all, don't ever laugh. Like, because that is, like, shutting down their feelings so quickly And if you're trying to build trust with that person, it's going to be very hard because now they're going to feel like they can't trust you. They can't talk to you about things that's really bothering them. And you don't want to do that. Second, you know, just listen. Don't solve it because you can't solve PTSD. You can't solve PTSD in one conversation. Like, I wish it was that easy. 
But no, it's not like, you know, you can just give someone like a little Fig Newton or like Milky Way and be like, okay, you're all fixed. No PTSD for you. I wish, man, I eat a lot of chocolate. Like, I wish that's how that worked. But next, you know, listen and ask them what they need. Like, you know, ask, be like, do you need a hug? Do you need a sandwich? Do you need to go for a walk? Do you need to get out of here? You know, it just be, and I love it though when people ask these questions, but they're not willing to follow through. So don't ask these questions if you're not serious about it. Like, don't ask these questions and the person's like, yeah, can we please leave? Like, I'm feeling very claustrophobic. And you're just like, oh, I don't want to leave. And it's like this big thing. Like, that just makes us feel worse. Imagine, like, you know, if we said that to you, like, how would you feel? So please, and I hope I don't sound salty today because I am not salty. I I hope I don't sound too mean, you know. But, like, I've literally had people like that, you know, talk to me like that. And it's like, okay, but don't ask questions and, you know, and not follow through with it. It's like when people are like, oh, hey, how are you? And everyone just expects a, oh, I'm good, I'm fine, thanks. Like, don't ask the question if you don't want to know. But, um, yeah, just, you know, be kind and be willing and ready to do what they need. Because, you know, if someone does openly tell you that they have PTSD and they're experiencing a trigger, that's like a big step. That's like a huge step for them because they're used to fighting this alone, okay? I know I am. And so they're so used to fighting this alone that when they openly say, hey, I need help, like, that's huge. So, you know, just give love and be kind and... That's all I have about uh, PTSD, and remember, take care of yourself. You know, do something for yourself, and just love yourself. You know, look yourself in the mirror and be like, you know what? I am wonderful. I have a purpose. You know, I if as long as my heart is still beating, I have a purpose on this earth, and I am special, and I am amazingly imperfect. And I am perfectly imperfect. And you know what? You deserve the best. So, you know, take care of yourself. Love yourself. And be who you are. And I hope everyone has a fabulous day.